Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports to the max here on a Monday night. One of the big stories over the weekend, Minnesota number one Wisconsin at Ritter Arena. And the Golden Gophers pull off the sweep. Golden Gopher head coach Brad Frost joins us. Brad, that was a lot of fun. Uh, wow, what a weekend. It was, uh, as you mentioned, it was a lot of fun. team played really, really well, and uh, we're rewarded for their efforts. Really happy. You know, we, we had talked leading up to the series. It was sitting in for Maxie on Thursday night previewing the series, and, you know, part of it was maybe putting that uh, weekend split uh, with Minnesota State in the rearview mirror, and your, your team certainly did, and, and, and played two tremendous games uh you know number one wisconsin this rivalry is is just tremendous and wow uh and a lot of success this season against wisconsin their their only defeats have come at the hands of minnesota yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy obviously they've been kind of the cream of the crop the last couple of years winning the last two national championships and um you know for us we had not swept wisconsin since 2016 and um uh, Wisconsin had not been swept by anybody um, since 2018. So uh, really happy with uh, overall with uh, the weekend and, and just the way that our, our players gutted it out and, and played so hard. Yeah, 1-0 one, one after 2 in uh, the opener on Friday. Uh, very tight game and then ultimately prevailing 2-1. to one. Going back to Friday night, Brad, what stands out for you? Well, um, really good goaltending from Michaela Paul. Um, she played, uh, she played great, but, um, you know, Amy Potomac, uh, one of our, our seniors, um, was called for a five minute boarding penalty, um, about halfway through, uh, the third period and, uh, disagreed with the call, but, uh, it's what it is. And, um, Wisconsin scored, uh, about 20 seconds into that to tie it 1-1, uh, but we were able to kill off the rest of it. And Amy came out of the box and, with about two and a half minutes left, uh, scored the game winner on on a beautiful backhand two on one. So, um, some retribution there for her, and and I know she felt really good about it. Yeah, and the, the, those majors can be obviously game changers. That that could have been the game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we uh, they as I mentioned, they did get one on the yeah. on the power play there, but uh, you know, just really had to buckle down and and kind of keep it to one, and and then we had about six minutes to in the third there uh, at the end to go win the hockey game and and they did yeah and then to come back the next night and uh, a little bit more wide open seven total goals scored uh you hang on for the four three victory and if memory serves you're up for two after two yeah that was kind of a crazy one in the uh uh, in the first period wisconsin went up we scored uh right away to to tie it up they scored again. We scored 14 seconds later to tie it up 2-2, and 
And then uh, we're able to get uh, the go-ahead goal there towards the end of the first uh, to make it 3-2. So uh, extremely different from the night before, which was uh, uh, the pucks weren't really going in the net for either team. But um, we did get up to 4-2, and and Wisconsin scored on a 2-1-1 early in the third there to cut it to 4-3. And, again, team just kind of locked it down and and played really well in the third to hang on. And? A lot of balance in the scoring there as well. You, you, the names that showed up on the score sheet Friday night, uh, some new names on Saturday, and that's got to be gratifying. Oh, for sure. I think uh, you know one one of the things that separates our team uh, this year is is we have three forward lines that are all all contributing. You know, our, our third line um, with Audrey Weddington, Savannah Norcross, and Amy Potomac. They they were on the ice for both of the goals uh, on Friday and. And then kind of our, our big line um, of Heisey, Sky, and, and Barine uh, ended up getting, uh, getting uh, two or three there um, on, uh, on Saturday, including the game winner by Taylor Heisey. So, um, yeah, we need, we need scoring. We need that balance uh, from everybody. And, and this past weekend, we were able to get it. So it is a weekend sweep of number one Wisconsin, but it is – the regular season and there's still a long way to go and as we talked about on thursday night brad another huge series this time on the road with ohio state and another opportunity and i suppose it's one that you want to celebrate a little bit but then quickly turn the page and set your sights on the Buckeyes. no doubt this is uh this is a bit, really big series uh coming up um you know ohio state we played them our, our first series of the year uh, they were able to sweep us at our place, um, two really tight games. But, uh, you know, we, we know that, uh, that our team is significantly different. We've grown in a multitude of ways, and, and now it's a matter of going out there and, and, uh, and proving it. So um, a big, uh, big series for national as well as WCHA implications. Yeah, and this is a series you've talked about, Ohio State and the connections there. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it definitely has become a, a major program in women's hockey fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, Nadine Musrall, my former assistant, has, has been out there. I think this is probably year six or seven for her. And, uh, you know, they've been hovering right around that number two or three spot uh, all year in the national rankings. And uh, Emily West, a former player of ours, uh, is is one of her assistant coaches. And so there's, uh, you know, some familiarity there. But, uh, but yeah, they've done a, a really good job here over the last number of years. Yeah, and I'm sure they, w- they want to beat Minnesota badly. And, uh, you know, it, 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 that, that adds something to it, doesn't it? It does, for sure. And, uh, you know, I know they want to beat us, and, and we want to beat them, <laughs> and, uh, which is uh, the way it's supposed to be. So should be uh, should be an exciting weekend. Yeah, and and Brad, we we've talked about it. This is this is a good thing for women's hockey to have the, these rivalries in good teams week in and, and week out. Once upon a time, Minnesota UMD and and everybody else, but the the fact that there are more teams and and, and more good teams, I think, makes it a lot more interesting and is great for the game. Yeah, very much so. I mean, you look at uh, you look at the poll that just came out today. Uh, four teams receiving first place votes: Northeastern, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. And then uh, Duluth is number five. So it's uh, as you can tell, it's uh, jam packed at the top. And and four of the five uh, national 
ranked teams there in the top five are from the WCHA. So it's uh, it's a grind every weekend for sure. And the last big road trip of the regular season as well. After that, you stay pretty close to home. Yeah, we've got uh, some home and homes with St. Cloud and and uh, St. Thomas and, and Bemidji coming to town. So, um, you know, it's hard to believe we only have four more weekends here before playoffs. But uh, once again, we know the second half flies by, and and uh, this weekend will will have a big impact in in where we finish in uh, in our league standings here. And you get the sense that uh, you may get another shot or two at Wisconsin before it's all over. Oh, for sure. Yep. We, you know, <laughs> as you know, we usually play them five or six times uh, a year, and we've only played four times so far. So, whether it's uh, in the WCHA tournament or or in the uh, national tournament, I'm sure we're going to see them again. And it looked like uh, good crowds at Ritter for both games, and I know. That's always a lot of fun uh, for these young women to play in front of. It's such a great building and such a great atmosphere, and it looked like the fans turned out. It was fun. No doubt. It was uh, by far our best best attended weekend and and was really uh, uh, the people that that showed up were treated to some really good hockey. So um, hopefully they'll continue to uh, show up and and continue to come back because our players and and our opposing players deserve – deserve to be seen well brad always good to visit with you congrats on that sweep and good luck on the road in columbus appreciate it thanks steve take care all right there he is brad frost golden goal for women's hockey coach the big sweep of number one wisconsin at ritter arena how much fun was that uh to to get it done on on friday two to one and then come back on saturday and win it four to three they'll be in columbus uh, friday afternoon five o'clock our time and then uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock our time. And then uh, they return to Ritter, Bemidji State in early February. A home-and-home with St. Cloud State and a home-and-home with St. Thomas to close out the regular season. Uh, weather-wise, you, you heard about this earlier. I want to remind you again. A wind chill advisory in effect from 9 o'clock tonight until 10 a.m. on Wednesday. Hmm. Now, by the looks of the extended forecast, um, this might be the last real cold stuff for a while. I'm not going to say we're out of the woods, this is it, it's going to warm up, spring is around the corner. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that uh, things will get better out of this wind chill advisory. Wind chills as low as 35 below during this stretch, and this does include uh, the, the Twin Cities and points to the east and the south. Other parts of the state of Minnesota in a wind chill warning. And when I look at that map, um, that wind chill warning uh, is areas to the south of the cities, to the west, and then uh, to the northwest. And here in the Twin Cities, you head up to Duluth and then east into Wisconsin. That's where that wind chill uh, advisory is in effect so nevertheless it gets to a point where it's just downright cold and that wind chill warning uh for a large part of the area but here in the twin cities a wind chill advisory from nine tonight until 10 on wednesday morning and then by wednesday things are going to start to warm up a little bit 20s will feel pretty good it is 7 17 here at news talk e3owcco uh college player from Kansas State, set 
the NCAA Division I uh, women's single-game scoring record was 61 points. She's from Byron, Minnesota. We'll talk Ioka Lee in a moment here on News Talk. E3O, WCCO. I got tipped off by producer Jonathan Lowe on Sunday that uh, a record was broken in NCAA Division I women's basketball. And the record breaker happened to be from Minnesota, Byron to be exact. Aoka Lee set an NCAA Division I women's single game scoring record with a whopping 61 points for Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State beat Oklahoma. Uh, the unranked Wildcats are 15-4. and four, Knocked off the number 14 Sooners who fell to 16-3 and three in a 94-65 win. And Lee went 23 of 30 from the field and didn't attempt a single three-pointer. This is what makes it more amazing. This is an old-school 61. 23 of 30 from the field. She added 12 boards to notch the double-double and was 15 of 17 from the free-throw line. Now, Chris, any line at any level, 61 Mm -hmm. to set a record, Yeah, and you're doing that inside and at the free-throw line, that's pretty cool. I, I, that, don't, I, I don't. That's pretty cool. I didn't even think that was possible. You know what I mean to to actually be able to set that record, but yet not have any of those shots be three point shots. I mean, you'd yeah, think, she didn't attempt a three in the game. That, and that, and that's, that's what makes it more amazing. And that's 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 crazy. Like you think about all those shots that she had to take in really a small in a small part of the court. Because I mean, if she didn't do anything beyond the three point line. Like right now, I got a couple games on here in the studio, and I'm just looking at it, and it's just, it really does make it amazing that you can have somebody set a record like that. But yeah, it's it's literally just two point field goals. Now, what would make it even more impressive? Did did she shoot some of those free throws underhand, the old Rick Barry granny style? No, no. Oh, I, see, I, 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 see, I don't think so. Okay, but. I love the number, 23 or 30. She's from Byron. She was a Ms. Basketball finalist. And her previous game high was 43. She put up <laughs> against Central Arkansas in November. Now, she is 6'6". Yeah. So that helps. A big advantage in the post. That helps. But still, 23 of 30, and then going to the free throw line and hitting 15 to 17, mm-hmm. that is very legit. Now, here's some other numbers. Okay. Uh, she broke Brittany Griner's Big 12 single-game scoring record of 50 set back in 2013. You've heard of Brittany Griner. Yep. yep. Uh, of WNBA fame. Yes. And she also broke the old record of 60, first set by Cindy Brown of Long Beach State. She scored 60 against San Jose State way back in 87. And... Minnesota's Rachel Bannum tied it, and I remember this, when Bannum scored 60 against Northwestern in 2016. So she puts up 61 in the victory, and she's she's from Byron. And, by the way, I invite you to check out uh, Jim Suhan did a really nice story on it 
nice column on Ioka Lee's record. So that that's pretty cool. And I think we love it when Minnesotans get their name in the record books. And this is a pretty cool record. 61 points, you know, at any level mm-hmm. it is legit. And, and the fact that uh, she's from this neck of the woods, playing down at Kansas State. That that is a that is a feel good story. Well, I, I, I mean, you know, we can. I've never known, and I I love Minnesota. I'm from here. You know, intentionally moved back here. You know, knowing what the winter would have in store. But there is not a place in the country that I have been, Steve, that just eats up the local angle like we do. Like we, oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's you, you inject that stuff into our veins because it, it is just, and I'm, I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek because anytime anybody from Minnesota does anything noteworthy, oh, you, you bet your sweet rear end that we are somehow going to jump on that and, and we are going to say, hey, look at that. It's, you know, so-and-so is from here. So-and-so is connected to here in some way, shape, or form. And it just, it, it makes me giggle in not like a, not a mean way, but just kind of one of these, you just shake your head. And of course, of course, we're going to always, you know, be proud of, of somebody that's from here that's got roots. But man, nobody loves the home cooking like Minnesota. And, and, I, and I think that is an upper Midwest thing because I spent about 10 years in South Dakota. You were, you were in South Dakota mm-hmm. for a time as well. Yep. S- same deal. I mean, when, when Mike Miller left Mitchell and went down to Florida and oh, had a good skinny. run in oh, the NBA, man. you know, Skinny, skinny was, was the a man. big deal. Oh, I mean, he, he could have run for governor. Yes. Um, so, you know, we we love that angle. Re- remember remember the shot agree. that he made in the finals that he only had one shoe? I like he he lost his shoe and he was he hit a baseline 3 like in a finals like a, a series clinching win. And it was just I mean, you, you would have thought that they would have had a a prey down Phillips and Sioux Falls for him. I I called one of his games, one of his regular season games at the Corn Palace. Yeah. One of the Sioux Falls teams went out to the Corn Palace. It's about 70 miles straight west. Yep. And and I always joke, you you can do it in under an hour. Uh, um, (laughs) You can, should you? (laughs) Well, I I always, way, way back in the day when I was doing Sioux Falls High School hoops, they were in a league with the Sioux City schools. So there is... Sioux City West and Sioux City North, and then the Catholic school was Sioux City Healing. Okay. And the big Catholic school in Sioux Falls O'Gorman. was O'Gorman. Yep. And it, and it was called the Sioux Interstate Conference. And I, I love that league. And Sioux City is about 70 miles down the interstate from Sioux Falls. And I, I, I don't know if I can get in trouble after all these years. Um. I could get to Sioux City in under an hour, easily. It would take you longer easily. to get to Sioux City than it would to get through Sioux City. Well, once you got to Sioux City, you know, getting to the football stadium it was Robert Stadium, uh, right there by Morningside College, and then you go to the various high school gyms. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, oh, I'd fly down. I and I, I, I assume to... you were uh, you were not using a station vehicle, right? I mean, of course. You no, were... no, no, no. This was personal vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I was taking all. The... No, there there were no call letters 
There were no call letters on the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. you, don't um, want, you don't want to be flying by parents going 90 miles an hour. No, 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 know? no. No, I, I had the deep-tinted windows and that sort of thing. Yeah, I could see, but, I, I could see you with the... You know, with the with the heavy tint that's just on the the uh, just on the the hedge of being illegal, I can but, see that. But what was cool about it? So, made a lot of road trips to Sioux City for football and hoops. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, we do not conference games. And then, of course, you know, state tournament games, whether they're in Rapid City or in Sioux Falls, they'd they'd rotate. And you know, I had a chance to see Miller in the state tournament, of course. But a regular season game at the Corn Palace, and and that was kind of cool. And and he was a very special player, but he, you know, he still has that legendary status in South Dakota. Oh, he's it an icon. Kind of circles back around yeah. to, you know, you know, everyone has a story about seeing him play in high yep. school because he was that good. I mean, he he was one of those players. It, it's kind of like you know Jalen Suggs at Minnehaha Academy or mm-hmm. or Chet Holmgren or or uh, Khalid Tyus or, or Trey Jones yeah. at Apple Valley. Sure, you know. I, I called a lot of games of McKinley Wright, the fourth, who ended up out at Colorado and is now in the Timberwolves roster. And, and I think people like those stories. When, when, like, like when McKinley Wright was out at Colorado, you know, I, I was happy to say, not not only have I seen him play, I've had a chance to call his games. Well, so it, I, it, I think it, people it take a lot of pride it. in that. It humanizes it too. A- absolutely, and, and I, I'm glad McKinley Wright is. Back in a Timberwolves uniform, I, I still think he has a bright future, and uh, he he is a good player. Anyway, seven thirty one uh, here at News Talk E three O W C C O eleven update on the weather. Still a whole lot more to come here on Sports to the Max on this Monday night. Maxi, uh, a rare night off. Uh, Chris, and we'll talk Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves a big win over Brooklyn. We'll get into that in a little bit. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Timberwolves get a good win over Brooklyn at home. Now they hit the road, tough trip. Portland, then a back-to-back at Golden State in Phoenix this week. Chris Hine covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune online at StarTribune.com. Chris, how you been? I'm doing good, Steve. How you doing? Yeah, good to visit with you. A little tired of the weather, but... Uh, after a, a brutal Tuesday, Tuesday night, things are going to moderate a little bit on Wednesday. I'm not saying we're out of the woods, but uh, I wanted to say we're out of the woods weather-wise. Well, I got out of I got out of the woods myself today. I'm in Portland, <laughs> and then I go to San Francisco and Phoenix. I got a little sunshine in my life this week. Oh yeah, Phoenix following and, the Timberwolves and, around. And then, um, are you going to hang out in Phoenix for a couple of weeks? Right. <laughs> if, if only the Star Tribune would let me, I, I totally right. would. But uh, unfortunately, no. I'll be coming back after the game. Yeah, and this is a tough trip. But let, let's talk about uh, the win over Brooklyn. Uh, granted, no Kevin Durant, but still James Harden, uh, still Kyrie Irving, and, and still a team that when Durant comes back, uh, is an NBA title contender, so a, a very good win for the Timberwolves on Sunday night. No, absolutely. Um, even though Durant was out, I, I still don't think it takes all that much away from the win when you have Kyrie playing and you have James Harden out on the floor. Uh, you know, I think this this week has been a overall a, a good week for the Wolves. They had the the meltdown in Atlanta. But you look at you look at what they did last week. They they got a win over Golden State. They got a win over Brooklyn. Got a win over the Knicks. Um, you know, on paper, 
coming into that week. It could have been a rough week. They got a little lucky with the injuries uh, and kind of how, you know, Curry misses the Golden State game. Durant misses the Brooklyn game. You know, that could have been a, a potentially one and three stretch that they ended up going three and one in. So uh, they cleared a tough week of the schedule. They're, they're in decent shape right now. And they got some good news today. You know, Anthony Edwards left uh, yesterday's game a little early, and it looked like he banged his knee or something along those lines. But he does not appear on the injury report today, so he appears good to go uh, for tomorrow night here in Portland. Ought to be young. Because it didn't look good. I, I saw the video, the way they carried him off the court down the tunnel. I was like, oh, this yeah, could no, be devastating. It, look, it, it did look back. He, could, he couldn't walk on his own. He, he had to be helped back right. into the tunnel. But, you know, here we are 24 hours later, so and, and he's not even probable or questionable. He's, he's not on the injury report at all, which means he's going to play. Yeah, very, very good news indeed. And there's been a theory floating around that as the NBA kind of soldiered through COVID-19 and uh, teams bringing up guys from the G League and just trying to patch together lineups, that the the Timberwolves maybe found something else or found something out about themselves and, and what kind of players they had on their bench and probably made them a little bit better and, and i am buying into that theory how do you feel about it that you know even though it's not ideal that that players were out for an extended period of time uh, because of the health and safety protocols that that it probably helped chris finch understand what he had a little bit more yeah i think i think there's a little bit something to it you know the biggest player who benefited from the the COVID absence was J, or the COVID absences was Jalen Noel, and you've seen him become one of the most important scorers on the team over the last month or so. Here, he he took a expanded role because the starting lineup was essentially out for a few games there in late December. He grabbed a hold of an opportunity, um, and he's he's run with it, um, and he hasn't really let up since he's entered the rotation, and he's provided some some important important scoring off the bench because I think he, he can do kind of what not a lot of players can, especially coming off of the, the, the Timberwolves bench, which is just go get his own shot in the half court. He's very good at creating his own shot, getting to the basket, scoring from the mid-range, hitting threes. So, and he's combined that with some, some decent, decent enough defense that he's not uh, a, a liability to the point that he has to be kind of taken off the floor because his defense is lacking, which was not always the case in his first two seasons. So he's been the biggest revelation over the past month. And he's, like I said, he's become an important part of the rotation here the last three, four weeks. And I just think in general, you hear them talk after the games. And, and one of the things that I think the starters learned, like Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, uh, is that, you know, Moving the ball was lacking before these COVID absences, and they saw kind of how the the reserves played. There was a lot more ball movement. Maybe the shot making by the reserves and the bench uh, wasn't as great, but the way that they played offense was kind of how the Wolves want to play, and they've had one of the, if not the best, I think, offense in the league since early January over the last two weeks or so. So I think they I think they did find something in just watching the games, recalibrating kind of how they wanted to play offensively. The emergence of Jalen Noel has has helped with that. And so I think that there was 
some good that eventually came of this for the Wolves from those COVID absences. I, I want to jump back to that Atlanta game and the meltdown that I, I think is is this team and Anthony Edwards just in his second year and Carl Anthony Towns. I, I still think growing into his leadership role um, that it's maybe part of it and and maybe a good experience uh, against uh, a, a team that uh, did a lot in the postseason last year, the Atlanta Hawks and. The, the intensity was ratcheted up in that game. That it, we're we're going to see more intensity as the season goes on, and we get into February, and then ultimately into March, and that stretch drive for for playoff position. That maybe that'll serve them well down the road. You, you hope so, and you know, I, I, the thing about the Atlanta game that I think might pop back up again is you know, in intense moments. When, when things do get a little hairy, they get a little frustrating, you know, yep. are you going to revert to those old tendencies or are you going to show that you've learned from them? You know, and, and if this team wants to be in the playoffs competing for, you know, not just a play-in seed, but maybe a solidified playoff seed, they're going to have to learn from, from these. And especially if they get into the playoffs, they're going to have to learn from these experiences. And you, and you just have to kind of stamp out these tendencies to let the referees get in your head. Look, every team, you know, across the NBA deals with bad calls on a nightly basis. It's how you respond to that, that, that matters. And the Atlanta game was, was a step backward in that. Um, and we'll just see how they, how they do going forward here. Um, I think, uh, you know, you saw in that Atlanta game, Pro Anthony Towns, when he gets emotional and gets demonstrative with, you know, gesturing and, and complaining that it seems like it does have an effect on the rest of the team. And D'Angelo Russell kind of, you know, he said as much, uh, post game. So we'll see if, if Kat takes some of those, some of that advice to heart, um, uh, going forward here. He, he's, he's always said the right things when it comes to that, but it, it always seems hard to, to kind of, to, for him to, to keep that consistent. Uh, to, to kind of keep a level head on a consistent nightly basis when the calls aren't going his way. And we will see if there's growth on this trip because it is a tough trip. Portland tomorrow night will be on the air at 8.30 with Cal Soderquist and Alan Horton. Same deal again on Thursday night from Golden State, and then an hour earlier, 7.30 on Friday night uh, from Phoenix. This is a tough trip. That's as tough a bag-to-back Golden State-Phoenix as you're going to find anywhere in the league. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, again, you, you look at this on paper and you say, well, you know, the, the game in Portland tomorrow night, <laughs> it might be one you have to have on this trip just because the next two are, are so difficult. But, you know, going 0-3 on this road trip is not out of the realm of possibility. And if it happens, you know, I don't think you should look at it as doom and gloom. The sky is falling necessarily for this team because Golden State and Phoenix are so good right now and you know going into their buildings on a back-to-back is not going to be easy for sure another one uh for the Timberwolves brain trust what to do to improve this team be because there there's still some need for some size on this roster do you get any sense that they're ready to maybe go all in on this group or at least make a move to help this group get over the hump and, and have a chance to maybe win a series come postseason time? 
I think they're they're ready to make a move to bolster the roster now. Um, I, I don't think they are willing to all of a sudden trade significant assets or young players, a lot of significant assets, young players to to improve this roster. I think they they realize they have a shot of getting up into the six seed range, the five seed range. That's what uh, Sachin Gupta, the executive vice president, uh, you know, I spoke with him last week in Memphis. And that's what we were talking about was he, he sees this this team as an opportunity to not just be a play-in team, but a playoff team and to get into that five, six seed range where you don't have to be in the play-in. So I think there is a, a potential there to, for an upgrade. They're going to be buyers at the deadline, but they're buyers with an eye toward the future. Um, and so if you're going to give up young assets, it's not going to be, or, or you know draft picks potentially, it's not going to be for rental type players that are just going to help you for the next year. They're looking more for, you know, the next three to five years. Um, and that's what, that's ideally what the, the kind of player that they want. If they, if they sense a move is, is there to be had. Um, so that's the kind of move I think you can expect. It's not, it's not going to be, uh, you know, try to just cut some corners here, get, get a guy or two in just for the rest of the season. That's not going to be the type of move they make. Um, it's going to be more towards, like I said, that that eye for the the next couple of years here. Timberwolves and Portland tomorrow night. Uh, that that should be intriguing. Then Golden State and San Francisco, and uh, I I would love to get out there and check out a Golden State Warriors game in, in their no, new building in San Francisco. I've heard it's just phenomenal. I, you know, I, I, I've been out there a few times now. It, it's it's gorgeous. The outside of it is gorgeous as well. Um, it, it, it's a beautiful building. You know, sometimes when when you're doing the, you know, when you're in the media and you know you're you don't really get the full fan experience when right. you're doing kind of when you're working and everything like that. But just walking around the concourse is beautiful. You know, outside it's it, it's gorgeous. Um, you know, it's a little different because it's not in it's not in Oakland. It's in mainland San Francisco now. Um, so if you're staying in San Francisco, you don't have to truck it all the way out to, to Oracle Arena in Oakland. Um, definitely, definitely an upgrade over Oracle Arena. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a gorgeous arena, and and it, if you can get out there, I, I definitely would try to get out there for a game. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to. Love to make that trip. Uh, well, well, Chris, always good to visit with you. Appreciate your coverage in the Star Tribune and online at StarTribune.com. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it as always. All right, there he is, Chris Hine, covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune. Once again, the lay of the land, Timberwolves at Portland tomorrow night. Pre-game is 7.30 with Cal. Or I should say pre-game 8.30. Tip-off just after 9 at Portland. Then Golden State, same deal. Pre-game 8.30, tip after 9 with Alan Horton. And then on Friday night, the earlier start with the 7.30 pre and the tip just after uh, 8 o'clock Friday night. Timberwolves return home to take on Utah, uh, the third of three in a row on a Sunday night at Target Center. And that, that's a tough stretch. At Portland, at Golden State, at Phoenix, home to Utah. Wow. Ten minutes now in front of 8. Here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. It was a spectacular weekend in the NFL playoffs divisional weekend. 
just tremendous. Cincinnati at Kansas City in the AFC title game Sunday afternoon, and then Sunday night the L.A. Rams host the San Francisco 49ers. Great sports theater. But a huge question looms, and and it's not about Aaron Rodgers at the moment. It's about Tom Brady. Chris Tubbs, Mm -hmm. producer extraordinaire. Does Brady come back next season? Yes. Yeah, and I do that. I say that because I – I read one of the comments over the weekend that said, you know, the ultimate goal is a Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to happen this year. So when Tom Brady feels like this is not the year that he's going to win a Super Bowl and he wants to go out on top like a, a John Elway, that tells me that he's going to be back for one more year. Yeah, and that that's what surprised me. After he won it all, that that's when you ride off into the sunset. That's why I'm surprised when he did win it. You know, outside of New England, outside of Bill Belichick, when he won that Super Bowl in Tampa. That was it. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was his shot. Yeah. And that might have that might have been the window for him to, to go out on that white horse. Yeah. I I still think he comes back next season and takes another shot at it. He's still playing at a high level, why not? We have the news, we have the weather. In a moment, here on the season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 